It's still downloading. Well, hey, that has never happened to me before. Not during that until, oh, there we go. (laughs) Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. I might have to go back to just the good old time. (laughs) Me tell a joke? Come on. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to hand this to you. If you can figure out what's going on with that, that would be great. If not, I will, I'll go on with this. I'm going to tell a joke. No. I want you to say this with me. Say, the rest of my life will be the best of my life. We've been talking about one day. You did it. She's not just pretty, she knows all. Yeah, now how do you turn my phone off? There, all right. Okay, so anyway, uh, we ha- we've been talking about one days. We've been talking about just stuff that that's means something, that you've had a one day in your life. We talked about in the world there's been one days that have changed our, our world and they've not been so good, but there have been one days that were good. We talked about those, and uh, many of you last week got a, uh, a wristband, a rubber wristband. The ushers are going to hand those out. Uh, at the end of service, if you still need one or would like one, you're going to be able to get one of those, plus these uh, invite cards. I'm going to have the ushers get these as well. If you know some people that you want to invite to Easter or to church, before Easter, after Easter, whatever, 82% chance, if you have a connection with these people, they're going to say yes. If they're not going anywhere or need a place to come, 82%. That's pretty strong. So, you know, it just has a little Easter invite there, plus a little information. Real important that next week, if you come at 9 o'clock, we're going to be really happy that you're here that early. But service starts at 9.30 next week in the first one. And then the second service, instead of 10.30, will be 11. And if you come at 10.30, we'll be really glad. Don't leave. We'll give you Pop-Tarts or something. We're just glad you're here. But what we're doing, and because we've been in this service especially, has gotten more full, gotten more full. I was homeschooled. (laughs) It's a gooder decision I ever made. It was, uh... anyway, it's been getting full. So what we've been doing, rather than before we launch a third service, is that we're going to see, we're going to do it at 11 o'clock and then uh, 9.30 instead of 9. So some of the 10.30 people might go to the 9.30 service. It'll free up some more room here at the 11 o'clock service next week. So anyway, that's what's going on. You'll see it change on the banner and on the door this week. That's when that's going to change. Remember this, you will continually hear uh, what you continually hear, you will eventually believe. What you continually hear, you will eventually believe. Think about that. If you hear it long enough, you'll eventually believe it. Isn't it good, you guys asked me about a joke, to laugh? I like to laugh. You like to laugh. All God's people like to laugh. Reminds me of a cowboy that went to a church. And he walked in the church. Worn pair of jeans. Worn cowboy boots. Button-up shirt. Cowboy hat. Walks in. And the people were just. And in today's time, they had technology like I so well know how to use, as you can see. (laughs) They text the pastor and was just like, oh, my goodness. So the pastor's phone's blowing up with all these text and they're writing hand notes and handing them to me because they don't believe this cowboy is dressed appropriately so he's just got a pair of jeans and stuff on so after service the pastor pulls him off the side and says look before you come back to my church i want you to ask god what's appropriate for you to wear what you should wear if you're coming to my church 
And the cowboy says, okay. So the next week, he comes back to church wearing the same worn blue jeans, old cowboy boots, cowboy hat, another button-up shirt, and the people, <gasps> texting the pastor, passing him notes, and all of those kind of things. After church, the pastor kind of abruptly pulls him off the side and says, look, I thought I told you to ask God what you should wear if you're coming back to my church. And the cowboy says, I did. I asked God. He said, what did God say? Cowboy said, he said, he doesn't know what to wear. He's never been here either. <laughs> I'll be here all week. <laughs> and some of you are going, great. Ah, hmm. All right. So anyway, the Bible says that laughter is like medicine. So sometimes we need to just step back and laugh and, and just say, all right, God, I'm okay. Thank you for helping me. But isn't it, we've been talking just about those one days, those days that changed our life. And life can be tough and confusing, and i got to fix this one more time. There we go. Uh, technology. Uh, life can be tough and confusing. And in, the, in a society today, we fight change. Is that not true? We just fight change. Sometimes it's just harder. And change sometimes is for the best. Many times it's just hard because we're so used to something. You know, if somebody, like, if, you know, if Kim would say, I, I took your toothpaste and I put it over here. But for years, it's been right here. It would bother me until I got used to it being over there. Sometimes things just are, you know, if, how many have had your furniture the same way for like ever? And you ever rearrange it, it's kind of like, got to get used to it and all that. We fight change many times. And we live in times that we're just desperate for answers. So just understand, I know we all have different issues. We all have different things. We have things that we're facing. And so if I'm saying stuff like, hey, Many times in society, we make a mountain out of a molehill. We've heard that before. You may have a mountain in front of you. I'm not trying to diminish if you're facing something that's big, but God is bigger. Isn't it amazing what a day can make? A day with God, a word from God, one day with him, one change from him could make a difference in whatever that mountain is. Have you ever did this with your Bible? I've done this before. God, I just need a word. You ever been desperate? I just need a word. Show me. Show me. You just kind of open your Bible and go. Put your finger on it and look down. Heard a guy did that and he read the passage and Judas hung himself. Got to be careful. <laughs> what I'm saying is we got to start seeking God, not just in a mamby-pamby way. Not just, okay, God, I just need something, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, I'm sorry. This has been one of those days with technology and everything that's going on. We have to be able to grab a hold of God in a serious manner and say, Lord, give me what you've got for me today. I need an answer and I can't get it from anybody else. You can't find what you need. Let me just tell you, Walmart's not selling it. There's not a blue light special at Kmart. You can't go find it and just go and copy it down. You need to get with God and find out, God, what is he telling me? What has he got for you? I'm here to tell you this morning, there's a one-day change for everybody in this room. God has got something that's a one-day difference that will make everything plain for you. What a difference a day makes. September 11th. September 11th changed everybody's life. We don't travel the same in the United States anymore. Really, because of September 11th, uh, I travel. I was going to Georgia to a a prayer, big prayer meeting in Georgia one time, and I I forgot forgot I had a grooming kit. I don't know if you guys 
you know, that's just all the little stuff in there. And they pulled this out. This is a true story. The guy pulled this out, and there were nail clippers in my grooming kit with a little pocket knife. And the guy said, what about this? I said, what about that? He said, what is this? I said, those are, well, that's a knife and nail clippers. And I heard a comedian, this happened to him. It was almost the same thing. And he said, what are you going to do with them? I said, you know, the comedian said this. He said, I was going to chew my way through the fuselage. <laughs> that's the wrong answer, by the way. You don't want to tell. Like, I said, I don't know. I just thought, you know, and he said, we're confiscating that. Is there anything else in there? I said, well, go ahead and look. I don't, you know. They took my nail clippers. You know, all that kind of stuff. You have to take everything, your shoes, everything, because you can be hiding anything. Everything's changed because of a one day. That was 19 Al-Qaeda terrorists that changed the nation for that plan on September 11th. What would happen if there were 19 people that were just sold out and said, God, what's the one day you have for me? If I just, how do you want me to change my neighborhood, my home, my city? Give me that one thing you want me to do. Your one day affects somebody else's tomorrow. What are we doing today will affect somebody else's tomorrow. What we do as parents affects our children. Here's the scripture for today. This is a, a great story. You've heard it before. This is talking about Lazarus. We're going to go John 11, 1 through 3. And if I, if I got this right, I'm 17 through 20 and 38 through 44 of chapter 11 of John. All right, here we go. A man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters, Mary and Martha. This is Mary who, who later poured the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet, wiped them with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was sick. So the two sisters sent a message to Jesus saying, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. Going down to, to 17 through 20 of chapter 11 of John. Jesus arrived at Bethany. He was told Lazarus had already been in his grave four days. Bethany was only a few miles down the road from Jerusalem, and many of the people had come to console Mary and Martha in their loss. When Martha got word that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him, but Mary stayed in the house. Now, jumping on down, uh, Jesus was still angry as he arrived at the tomb. Cave with the stone rolled across his interest, rolled the stone away, Jesus told them, and Martha, but Martha, the dead man's sister, protested, Lord, he's been dead for four days. The smell will be terrible. Jesus responded, didn't I tell you that you'd see God's glory if you believe? So they rolled the stone aside, and Jesus looked up in heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me. Turn to your neighbor and say, always. But I said it out loud for the sakes of all these people standing there so that they would believe you sent me. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, and his hands and feet were bound in grave clothes, his face wrapped in a headcloth, and Jesus said, unwrap him and let him go so that's our story and i want to pull some things from that if i could this is more than just lazarus's one day i mean just think about it the day's not going really well if you you've died and and uh, you know four days have gone by and jesus is going to come and bring him back but everything that has happened in that process we're not even going through all that but when they they come through the scripture there's people mourning there's all kinds of things happening there's all that normal stuff you need to understand, life, there's just normal stuff that happens. How many know normal stuff happens? And sometimes normal stuff stinks. Because the stuff that you're facing, even though it's normal, it might affect you different than it affects somebody else. If they didn't know Lazarus very well, they'll be like, oh, that's too bad. 
But if they were close to Lazarus, they're saddened. They're more saddened. They're, they're, you know, it grips their heart a little bit, or they were neighbors, or whatever that is. If you're the sisters, you're really sad. And then there's all other kinds of, there's emotions. There's when you're hurt, how many know that sometimes hurting people hurt people? So there's comments flying about, if you'd have just been here, he wouldn't have, you know, we could have stopped all this. So there's things that are happening that are right now that are going on. And so we need to understand our first point for today. Jesus knows your condition. He knows your heart. He knows exactly what's going on. He knows where you are. He knows where you're at. He knows how you feel. He knows everything. You don't have to even put on because Jesus knows. Can you imagine? I mean, he knows. You can, and he wants you to tell him, but you know he already knows. So he already knows what you're feeling. He knows what's going on. He knows your condition. He knows if, that the world makes mountains out of molehills. But yours might be a mountain. I get it. Maybe, you know, things are going on and it's like somebody's sick or this or this is happening or, or your relationship has gone sour. Whatever that is, the child's run away, uh, you know, from the Lord and they're, they're gone. You need them back. I'm not minimizing that. What I'm saying is he knows. God has things that are bigger than us that he has to accomplish in your life that you can't see everything. Have you ever done something for your children that they don't even understand yet, but now as they get older, they go, oh, now I get it. But you did it just to protect them or just to say, I, I, I got to do this. I need to do that. You know, if you ever go to an amusement park, they have there's a reason for safety belts. If you get on a roller coaster or those bars that come down. The reason is so you don't die. <laughs> because if not, you will fly out of that. I worked at Cedar Point for two summers. The first summer I worked on the Blue Streak. And that was before now the Blue Streak is operated by air thingies. You know, if you back then it was one of the few roller coasters in the world that was manually operated. There was a big wooden stick. And you pulled it, and it stopped the cars from going and all that. And, and it only had one little bar that went like this, and it had a seatbelt. And you and I know, half the time, people don't buckle the seatbelt. There will be people in there that won't buckle it. Sometimes they break them, and we don't know it until somebody says, hey, that seatbelt doesn't work. So as a worker, you know, we would just somebody come in and say, my seatbelt doesn't work. And then in car 10, the seatbelt doesn't work, so... You know, if I was depending on the position of that day, I, I'd be like, hey, I'm going to I'm going to ride car 10 and see if I can get that seat. or they'll say the bar came up. They went over the hill and the bar went up. Well, that's no fun if you're I mean, it's fun. But if you don't have your wings on, it might not be fun. You know, what I'm saying you go over that hill and you're like, hey, <laughs> so we would ride that and then make sure if the bar was broke, then we'd have to rope it off until we can get a mechanic there to fix it or the seatbelt was not working. By law, we were required to make sure that those things work. Makes sense. And so we would do that. There'd be people, there'd be all kinds of things. There's sometimes kids that sit there and tie the seatbelts in knots just to, just. Some, you know, they look like they cut them with a, a pocket knife or whatever. I'm just saying in life, there's going to be things that, that are there for your protection as a parent my wife would put our kids on a roller coaster. She, she took Mallory on the corkscrew. There's a reason they call it the corkscrew. And there's a reason the bars are over there like that. And so when they got done riding the corkscrew, some man turned to her and said, Lady, I don't know how you... When they were done, Kim was like this. 
hanging on to Mao. I guess she thought she's going to flip or fly through the whatever. And, and the guy's like, I don't even know how you did that, lady. Sometimes you do things just to protect your kid. And they don't even understand why until you have a kid. God is protecting you from things. And you might not understand why, but later he'll reveal to you why. Jesus knows your condition. God is the original GPS, your placement system. He puts you where, and and so here at TLC, we believe you were created on purpose for a purpose. So we want to see you tie into what God created you for. That's why we give you free testing and say, hey, this is what I like to do so that you can do what you love to do. And you can do it for the glory of God and find your your click in in the system of God and say, oh, I mean, this is awesome. And I have people say, does that mean I always have to do that? No. You might, you know, later as you develop, you might find you like something else as well. Or that, you know, you like this more and, and this was a launch pad for something else. So it's all good. But we live in a world that makes money on people that just use their emotions. We buy on impulse, Christmas time. Commercials are all geared for kids and their toys and you know, now in the spring, how many car commercials are we ever going to see? Dear Lord, you know, buy a brand new car. And, you know, new cars are great. But we all think that's wonderful till we find the payment. After about three months, the newness wears off. So, you know, we do a lot of things on, on impulse. I have a T-shirt for that. So I'm not throwing stones. I'm just saying, you know, we have to keep ourselves in check. Remember that the enemy likes to pull you out and get you into isolation because remember we've talked about that natural level, those five senses, our seeing, our hearing, our tasting, our touching, our feeling. All of that stuff is in that natural level and that is where the enemy dominates in that world. That's his world. And that's where he'll dominate. So if you get yourself all stuck on one of those levels in the natural, and it's okay to have those feelings because God gave those to you. But you have to understand if we want to see supernatural we have to get past the natural level and the only way to do that is tie into god so that's what we're trying to do we're going to try to have god give us that one day show me in this situation whatever you're facing what's my one day god how do i do that what's my one day how do i make that connection where i can connect that dot and go you know what not now i'm not doing this anymore for the enemy what is it god i'll do this for you how do i make that connection the enemy wants you to get to focus. See, he can get you on something that this is how they made you feel or this is what happened or this is where you were betrayed or whatever. And he'll get you to stay on that. Then you will, all you will do is eat that. Feast on that until it will almost destroy you. And you'll feel like, ah, because that's, you can't get your mind on anything else. If he can keep you at that level, he can keep you stuck. He might not be able to keep you out of heaven, but he can keep you from doing anything that'll be any good to the kingdom of god here's our second thought you can be called but not really free i want you to think about what we just read with lazarus he called lazarus out but he was still bound see some of you in here have given your heart to the lord but you still are messed up with your past or maybe you're still bound by something, an old mindset, maybe an addiction you've been trying to kick for years or, or whatever. I don't know what it is, but I'm just saying you can still be called and still feel like you're not free. 
You can still feel like I'm, I'm out, but I'm, I'm like, I can't get past that. Because you, again, remember what we talked about. If you continually hear it, you'll believe it. What you continually hear, you'll believe. If you were told when you were little, you'll never amount to anything. You'll never do this. You'll be just like that. Da, 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 da. We'll always be this way. You get that mindset. And so anything that comes different from that, it's hard for you to receive. You got to break out of that. Lazarus came out. He had to have help to get free. Get that stuff off him. They had to get that headpiece off. He had to see himself free. Have you ever seen yourself free? What are you fighting? What's your mountain? What would that be like if that wasn't there? Well, Brett, I can't erase it. No, but God can. You can't erase it, but you can go forward. You have to give that to God. You have to, you have to let him help you get free. You have to have that one day experience where you can be called out, but I don't know about you, but I'm tired of being miserable. I'm tired of being free, but not free. That's like getting a toy at Christmas that needs batteries, but you can't have any. We grew up in a time, I'm 56. I grew up in a time, we didn't have a whole lot of toys with batteries. You had batteries, that was cool. You've, I thought, if you had batteries when I was a kid, I was like, man, you must be rich. We had batteries, and they were like this. That was our batteries. <laughs> we had marbles you don't have to do anything with marbles but throw them at your neighbor <laughs> you know we played marbles we put the string and we you know do all i mean so having you know having stuff that's just frustrating you know what it's like looking at something you can't do anything about it you feel you know you're free but you don't feel free this is something that we have to and we'll get it in our third thought today but we have to understand it is a mindset it is a mindset. It is a religious mindset because we don't believe, we cannot picture God doing exactly what he said. Because all we can see, the enemy's done a good job, is what's in front of us. We can't see anything behind that. I'm asking you this. I'm challenging you. You want to have a one day, then you have to get a picture, whatever you're facing, of yourself free. You've got you to gotta see yourself different than you see yourself now. When, I, when Kim and I got married, um, she has the whitest teeth I've ever seen anybody have. She can do the tissue test, you know. She can do all that. I've always loved her smile, always. I didn't look at her as having a bad smile or anything. You know, she, but she had some crooked teeth in there, and she wanted braces. So when she would really belly laugh, when she would laugh, you know, and she's married to me, so sometimes that happens. Uh, she would cover her mouth. Because she didn't want anybody to really see her teeth if they were, and so it, it was. Uh, she was aware of it, and she, you know, so she was embarrassed by it. So she would do that. So you know, we got her, te- we got her teeth at the orthodontist. We got not, we didn't get her teeth. She already has teeth. <laughs> Where is you? No, we we got her braces. But I've actually put braces on all my kids: Mal, Zach, Sam, Maddie, Kim. She's not my kid, but you know, we started with Kim. But so I got stocking braces. They see me coming. They should be throwing out carpet and hallelujah, you know. But anyway, uh, so she got those fixed. And then one of the first times I remember when something happened and she was laughing, she didn't cover her mouth because her teeth were straight. Why are you telling me that? Because listen, you got to picture yourself what you believe and not what it is. Picture yourself 
what you believe what you're believing for not what you're living now vision for future is going to require more than what you have now so if you're believing for like in her case i want to see you know i want to smile without worried about my teeth she had to picture herself when those braces with them gone and her teeth straight could you picture yourself whatever you're fighting just to help you a little bit true story uh and again this is a smoking story smoking is not going to send you to hell it's just not good for you you know it it'll take your life It, it can cause cancer and all that so I'm not here to judge you if you smoke and you're struggling with that. I, I'm not here to throw a stone at you. I'm just saying it's not good for you. But gluttony's not good for you. A lot of things aren't good for you. I'm telling you, does that make sense? Because I, I, I want you to love me. I'm just, but I'm not trying to, I'm just trying to tell you it's not good for you. Anyway, this person had tried to quit smoking. They were called by God. Now listen, saved. <gasps> they were saved and they smoke? They were saved and they smoke. They would still go to heaven. Yes, they would still go to heaven. They may get there sooner because of them smoking, but I'm just saying. It's just not good for your body. So anyway, they wanted to stop. They really felt that that was their Lazarus thing. They're, they're, they've been called out by God, but they just feel, they, they feel like, I, just, I don't feel worthy enough because I smoke. How many, you know, whether you smoke or not, sometimes the enemy is, you bought the lie, you're just not good enough. Listen to me. The same principle. It doesn't matter what's going on, but that's the principle I want you to hear. So this is what they did. They went to the, the pastor and they said, listen, I, I want to quit smoking. I've tried. I've tried the patch. I've tried, you know, I've had people slap me. Whatever the thing is, I can't get rid of it. I, th- I start the cigarettes. <laughs> I throw them away just to go back and dig them out of the trash and pull them back up. And they cost so much. And I mean, it's putting ruin, financial ruin. And I just, it's terrible. So the pastor said, listen, I'm going to pray about it. You come back. I'll meet with you. And this is what this is the advice is what he gave. And this is really cool. Now, listen to what we said in the beginning. This is what he said. Every time you take, you know, there's 20 cigarettes in a pack. Every time you take your pack out, start doing that. Now, I am not a smoker, never been a smoker, but I've been around enough. I know they do that. I'm not really exactly sure why they do that, but it looks kind of cool. If I was a Marlboro man, you know, hey, looks kind of cool. So they smack their hand and they do that. You know, this way say, said every time you're smacking that cigarette on your, your pack on there, say this. I hate these things. They taste terrible. I can't stand them. I hate to smoke. Say that every time the guy said, don't you want me to just throw them away? He said, no, I want you to say out loud so you hear it. I hate these things. I can't stand them. They taste terrible. I hate to smoke. So he'd say that. They pull the cigarette out and he said, every time you put it up to your mouth, I hate these things. I can't stand them. They taste terrible. I hate to smoke. Sound like Curly from the Three Stooges. Sweet me. So so every time you light it. I hate these things. Mo, Larry, I hate, you know, whatever. <laughs> I'm sorry. But I can't stand them. You know, listen to me. As silly as this sounds, in two weeks, they, they couldn't stand to smoke a cigarette. They had, they had put it up to their mouth and about made them gag. They quit smoking completely in two weeks because every time, now again, I, they're smoking two or three packs a day. Think about 20 cigarettes in a pack. Every time you're lighting it, every time you're putting it up to your mouth, you are hearing that over and over and over. What you continually hear, you will continually believe. The Bible puts it like this. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Do you think God would want your body to be wrecked with cancer? No. 
So, Father, I can do all things through Christ. And so you begin to say those things, and those things start to happen. So Jesus knows your condition. Our second, you can be called but not really free. Some of you just have that mindset. God will do it for them, but he won't do it for me. Where do you read that at? That's a lie from the enemy. God will do it for you. We live in a society where people are, are, they always want things with a twist. We had all of our kids, we were emphatic about we wanted to look and see what names meant. And I think women probably are more concerned about that than guys, maybe. Guys, we're kind of like, we just, I think that's a cool name. No, Jabbar, not a cool name, or, you know, whatever name you come up with. But woman, woman has, like, they have to have a good meaning, has to be this. Uh, so, you know, in society now they have names that are normal, but they're spelled different. You could spell Kim, K-Y-M, Kim. <laughs> I heard a story of somebody at a restaurant and they had right on their badge, trainer. And so the person said, excuse me, trainer. And the girl goes, I'm sorry, it's Trené. We live in a time where everybody wants to put that twist just to say, I want to do this, or I want everybody, we're screaming for somebody to notice us. Because everybody loves a superstar. But let me, can I just say, in God's kingdom, he cares about everybody. He's he's not just, no, I get it, there's James and John and Peter, I, I understand that. I understand talents and understand that. But I'm telling you, as far as love goes, Everybody's a superstar in the kingdom because he loves everybody. He is love. So we need to understand we don't have to scream for attention. And there's nothing wrong if you're here and you're going, oh, great. I spell my name. That's cool. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm not even saying I'm just saying if our reason is just to go. Just so people will go, I um, look at me. Then there's something inside screaming. I need I need something. We can still be bound by past or addictions, old mindsets, old hangups, unbelief, fear, old friendships. Whom the sun sets free, the Bible says, is free indeed. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. We have to receive his forgiveness or we'll miss the peace of living in the now so we can go to the future. My friends, we can't have what's ahead of us if we can't let go what's behind us it's our third thought make the exchange jesus came to give you your one day he paid for it you don't even have to do anything except say yes and there's the thing about the exchange if if you get something you have to receive it i mean if he's given it to you if you don't receive it you really didn't take it did you you can you can take it but if you never open it if you never enjoy it if you never receive it if you never understood about forgiveness because you just didn't want to. What's that leave us? My friends, listen. For us to make this exchange, it's a choice. The Bible doesn't talk about this, but think about it. There's nobody in that tomb saying, hey, Laz, come on, come on, I'm going to help you up. Let's get out of here. Come on, boy. Come on, let's go. And you know, There's nothing. What if Lazarus said, I'm not doing it. I'm not going out. This looks like a diaper. I'm not going out. They're out there. I'll be nothing but made fun of. This is not fashionable. 
You have a choice. Jesus isn't cared about. Now listen, he's not caring about, is it fashionable or not? What he's saying is, do you want to be free? Do you want to get past that? Then he's going to say, let's get those grave clothes off. What's holding you back? What's stopping you from getting your one day? What's stopping you from saying, God, my way's not working too good. You ever tried to tell your kids something and, and they're just like, yeah, 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 I get it, I get it. But they want to do it on their own. I want to learn. Some things, that's just stupidity. If they're telling you, don't do that, that will hurt you. I want to learn. You will learn about pain then because that will hurt you. You want to protect your kids. God is trying to help you. You want to one day, whatever you're looking at, whatever that mountain looks like, could you get past it? Can you see yourself past it? Can you make that exchange? Right now, sometimes we can't see anything except what's in front of us. The relationship that's failed or the, this problem or the finance or, or whatever that is, the addiction, whatever it is. I'm telling you, there's more behind it. You just can't see it. Lazarus, this is what he could see. There's a tomb. They roll it away. Jesus calls him. You know, they said, it's a good thing he said Lazarus because then the whole graveyard would say, hey, let's go, let's go, let's go. So he called him by name. But listen, Lazarus is covered. So he can't really see a whole lot. He might be able to see light. And that's the problem with us. We want all kinds of details. Give me details, God. Before I move, I want details. Lazarus had to move without details. He just had to obey. I can see that. God, but how's that going to work? You know, if I come out there, well, what? I mean, so we want all these things. And God says, do you trust me? Do you trust me? You know, I got to thinking about this just in between services. What if Lazarus didn't like? What if a couple guys that were going to unloose him and let him go? Well, if he didn't like them. I don't know. (laughs) You stay over there. You can help me. I mean, I don't know. We have all of these other things that we want things just to be this. When will we finally say, God, not what I want, but what you want? My friends, today there's, there's a fine line between obedience and selfishness. Sometimes we'll obey if it's only the way we want it. You can't always get it the way you want it. The older I get, I find out that you don't always get your way, do you? We live in a democracy where we get to vote. We've had people in office I didn't vote for. I didn't get what I wanted But I have to stay true to integrity. Let me ask you. What you're doing, is it worth a one day? If one day could change it. If one day would make the difference of staying another five years in the way you are right now. Not, and again, please, misunderst- don't, don't, please misunderstand me. <laughs> if you need anything, just hesitate to ask. I'll help you out with that. Don't misunderstand me. Some of you are just going, wait a minute, that's not right. We have to look in the mirror every day. You know, for me, like for her to look in the mirror, to me that's no problem because she's good to look at. So she can look in the mirror and I would think she would like what she's, I mean, I like what I see when I look in the mirror and see her. You know, but sometimes I have to tell myself, smile, you good looking thing, you, because I'm trying to convince myself. You know what I'm saying? 
I'm speaking faith to myself. <laughs> you know, we live in a world that sometimes it's just been that way. And we've let the world just push us down and push us down till we almost believe it. But I'm telling you, it's time to come out of the tomb. It's time for you to say, you know, everything that you have and everything that you possess and everything that you are, God put good things in you for a purpose. He is waiting on you to get out of that grave and start walking with a purpose so that you can do the things that he's called you to do. People will be like, what in the deal is going on with them? That's awesome because there's giftings and talents out there and you have them. It doesn't have to stay this way in five years. Do you want to look at this and go, I've not changed any in five years? Or do you want to see something past what you see now? It won't happen unless, listen, and I'm going to finish this up, unless you walk it out. Nobody's going to push you out of the grave. Nobody's going to make you do that. Nobody's going to make you follow God. Because if you don't follow him with your heart, you're not going to be here long following anything except the enemy. Does that make sense? Listen to me. You have to make the choice. You have to make the choice. If you are fed up, it's time for a one day. I don't know how all that looks. You might be saying, Brett, I don't even know how the details. What about this? What about that? Forget the details. God will work that out. Are you willing to say, God, today is my day. Today's my red letter day. Today is my day. Listen. I've got four wonderful children. I've got one that's still at home. She's in the back. She loves watching kids. So she's in the back. If you have kids, she's back there helping. Because that's part of her DNA. She loves that. But if she was on top of this building, even when she was little, she would just, she's like her mom and her sister. She would just, she'd just like this tiny little, I called her tadpole because she loved to swim. That's all she wanted to do. Swim, 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 swim. <laughs> but if the building was on fire and I said, Maddie, it's daddy. Daddy, I'm afraid. Jump. I'm right here. I'll catch you. I can't see you, dad. I'm right here. Listen to my voice. I'm right here. Jump, I will catch you. Listen to what I'm saying. I have got to keep my eyes focused on that smoke cloud because pretty soon, Maddie's about to come through that cloud because she's going to jump because she knows I'm going to catch her. What is it for you? Do you trust him enough? Could you not say, you know, God, I don't have to have all the details. She doesn't have to ask, Dad, how are you going to catch me? Just do it. Some of you feel like the building's coming down. I'm telling you, you can get out. You can have a one day. Today can be the day. And your life will never be the same. The details, you'll walk them out. I don't have all the answers for you. You don't have all the answers for you, but he does. If you walk out, you can walk out changed today. Bow your head and close your eyes.